We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. And joining me tonight is my co-host, the man in charge of the beast that is Niners Nation on the ground at 49ers training camp is KP Kyle Posey. What's up, dude? Rob, how you doing, man? It's uh, I'm loving this, man. It's It's fun to watch football in person. It's fun to watch, you know, good players because it doesn't feel like that's happened often. So uh, loving every minute of it. Can't complain. Um, you know, and we're just getting takes, you know, love the takes. How, how's life your way? It's good, man. It's good. I was just about to ask you, I'm going to look it up on my phone while I'm saying this, but how's how's the weather bit? Has it been good football weather? It has. No, no sort of wind, no sort of rain or any other type of elements like that. Nice 85 and 73 to the next couple days. That's nice. Even better. That's nice. Um, Yeah, it's about 104 today. So, how are you liking that? Oh, it's awesome, man. I basically just uh, stay inside and watch my electricity bill climb. (laughs) Just (laughs) blasting that bad boy all day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say blasting. I mean, I keep my place at like maybe like 75, 76. And, and I, have a, I have a house. You know, it's not an apartment or anything. So it's that it was not a flex. Um, So it's just flex. It is what it is, man. Like, I'm not going to sit in my house and just feel constantly slightly uncomfortable just to save, you know, 50 bucks a month. I, you know, it is what it is. But anyways, um, yeah, watching football, man, it, it's got to hit a little different after last year, right? After like having to not even see games in person live, you know, like it was no training camp, no off season program, no covering the games in person. It was, uh, it's kind of hit a little different after all that. hundred percent, man. And, and Shanahan and even the players, when they come to the podium after practice, it's nice to see your face. Like it's refreshing to be around people again, I think for everybody involved. So uh, I think they're very appreciative of that. And I think with the pads coming on, especially now that, you know, they're ready to rock and roll. And you can definitely see that. And, uh, yeah, again, man, just enjoying seeing competition and enjoying seeing now that the pads are on, the pads popping and there being contact. Did uh, – was there – I mean, is there anything that jumps out at you right away just from the pads coming on? Like, did anything – did the dynamic of practice change at all? Um, it was It was more competitive. That's for sure. I would say it was a. I mean, they were they were a little rusty, as Shanahan put it on Monday, but you could tell that they were definitely. I, I wouldn't say saving themselves, but just kind of gearing up for pads the next day, and uh, they did not disappoint on day one. That's for sure. Did not disappoint. Well, fans listening would string us up by our thumbs if we didn't talk about the throw, the play. 
whatever you want to call it, that we uh, that we all have seen from one third overall pick, Trey Lance, today. Why don't you, uh, for those of us that are visual learners, why don't you walk us through that and describe? I'm sure there's people out there that haven't seen it. So describe what the play I'm referring to is. Yeah, so if you were watching just the pro day circuit and you saw most quarterbacks would end their pro days by, you know, kind of turning their back to the defense, rolling out one direction and then spinning in another way. And then they just heave a deep pass. That is exactly what happened. So it was a play action pass and Lance evaded the rush. He moved to his left a little bit, saw Trent Sherfield, who is an intriguing player. Yeah. Well, remind me, we'll mention him again later. Absolutely. So they, he saw Sherfield, you know, just cutting across the middle of the field on a, what they call a through route, which is essentially just a deep, deep, deep post route from the other side, of, from one side of the field to the other. And Lance just hits him in stride, man. And you're not used to seeing explosive plays like that. And it was like the oohs and ahs have not happened um, for any play, whether it's, you know, Fred Warner play, whether it's Jason Brett play, whether it's anybody on the roster. So it was fun to see. It was fun to see um, the explosiveness and it was fun to see Lance do it on time. So that I think that's, um, that's another thing. It was, you could transfer what Lance did in that play to a live game because as I mentioned, he beats, like he avoids a pass rush, keeps his eyes down the field, doesn't panic and finds a receiver streaking and you see the big play. So those, those are there for the taking. And Lance seems like a guy who's going to take advantage of that. Yeah, that is uh, – it was nice. It was nice. That's all I'll say. And, and I had, of course, had a fan jump into the – on Twitter, onto my tweet about it. And I just said – all I said was that it's pretty ridiculous. That's about all I said. And he just goes, the guy was wide open. And, and my basically reply was, it wouldn't have mattered if the dude was on his hip. Like, it was – 10 out of 10 when it comes to placement. Like, it could could not have been point. in a better spot. So, unless the, D, the DB was in front of the receiver running the route for him, there was no way any any coverage defender would have ever gotten a piece of that. So, but I think, again, that, I think that is a good point because if Jason Brett was on his hip and that wouldn't have mattered because Sherfield had to stretch, fully extend his arms, which he was running in stride, but that would have protected him or protected him from the DB making a play. And I feel like that matters. That type of context matters. So um, the, the video that you're seeing online does not do it justice for what, you know, how it went down in real life. I think it was, it was sort of a shock for everybody there. Where and, were you standing in relation to that play? Um, I usually stand. So if, if let's say the ball is at, if the ball were at midfield, I, I'm usually standing on the 35-yard line in front of the play. So I'm about 15 yards out so I can get a little angle on. Just a little ahead of the play. Yep, what's going on there. Got it. Yeah, that's usually where – it was either – you never want to be standing directly to the side of it because then you can't tell what the hell's going on. So right. I'm always either behind it or in front of it. I think in front of it's better because then you get to see where the ball is going to. You know, if there's a bigger throw like that, you'll at least be close to it, which is always cool, but – yeah, it was a pretty impressive play. I couldn't tell from the video how far the ball flew. Was it what, like fifty? Yeah, it looked like fifty for sure. And, and naturally, when I said that, um, people were like, "It definitely was not fifty yards." Like, man, I'm not going to make that up. I saw it. <laughs> why, <laughs> would, why would I lie about that? Who cares? And you're um, saying that towards a quarterback that could probably, if he just had a field with nobody on it, could probably throw it seventy yards easy, unquestionably. So, so like, what are we even debating? Chill out. <laughs> That's funny, man. The, the internet is fucking awesome. Like, and, and when it's I say really, awesome, I mean it's so horrible. The and absolute it, worst. <laughs> just filled with people who haven't been punched in the mouth for what they say, and you know, eventually that'll happen. But we can't. We just can't run around doing that. It's just it's twenty twenty one. Okay. Um. So I mean, that is it's awesome. Does it move the needle for you? Does it? Does it make Trey Lance? And his his vie for a starting spot any different in your eyes, or is it just just a play? Yeah, it's a good question because on the one hand, you know you're seeing these explosive plays, 
you're seeing plays that we're not used to getting, whether it's with his legs, whether it's taking advantage of, you know, the second or third level of the defense. But he still has to be consistent. And there were a few throws on Monday where he's just staring down guys. Um, And this was after an interception. So he's staring down guys, and then he's just missing another guy. So um, I – I feel like there's a part of me that thinks that Lance is getting a little bit too hyped because we're only focusing on the wow plays and missing, you know, the five, six, seven other plays where he's just a little shaky. But he's it's evident that he's just really, really, really good at what he does. And he's just kind of scratching the surface on what he's going to be. So I, I assume that there's a lot of projection going on, thinking if he's like this on August 3rd, What's he going to be like on September 3rd when he has another month to go? Because the players are speaking out about it. And they, Trent Shurfield called him a baller. Um, I mean, it feels like everybody has. Lakin Thompson on Saturday pretty much said that he's excited to go watch him on the sideline. So uh, they want to see him play. And it's just kind of a matter of time before Trey Lance takes a hold of that. But, like, Jimmy, he's not bad. Like, he's not bad at all. And he hasn't played poorly. He still has, you know, the hiccups, <laughs> I call them, where – you know, it's like, hey, man, still an underneath defender there. Don't throw it to him. Did that again today <laughs> where uh, he was lucky that Jimmy Ward didn't pick him off. And he threw behind Ayuk on one throw. He had a bat. He had a ball tipped at the line of scrimmage. Like the same old, same old problems. But he's spreading the ball around. He's finding Ayuk. He's going to the, his matchups. Uh, he knows where to go with the football. And I think what was really impressive with Jimmy on Monday was after an interception, you know, he – he got better, whereas he kind of shut down on Saturday. Um, it was the opposite on Monday, and I think that was a big deal. So, um, and then there, yeah, for, there is a part of me that thinks uh, that Trey Lance, some of Trey Lance's, you know, questionable plays, we don't talk about them much. So I'm not going to crown him just yet, but if we're just projecting, there's no doubt that, you know, when Kyle Shannon says, Trey, I'll start Trey Lance when he gives us the best chance to win. Yeah, you're you're gonna have a hard time, you know, thinking the people who aren't there don't already think that Lance it gives you the best chance to win because, you know, what he does on the ground alone um, just adds another element and just makes everything around them so much better. Like their packages for Lance already, just like RPOs, um, design runs, and quick hitting passes, and they can move the ball at will against the defense. So uh, that's before you open up Pandora's box and what you really want to do with Lance. So just that added element just brings so much to the offense. Yeah. That, I mean, that's an important thing. Well, one of the things, and I, I don't want to forget this because there's so many times where I'll record a pod and then finish and be like, Oh, I forgot to say that. But throughout, and this, this is going to seem obvious to a lot of people, but I think it's important to re- remember that we're talking about Trey Lance, the rookie, that hasn't played football in how long? Yeah. When when was his last football game? Oh man, when was it? Um, you know what I mean? Like if we want to be exact, November? we can. You know, and it was just that one. So I mean, you're talking about a guy who hasn't played serious football in a long, long time. So for him to just show up, I don't care if he's the third overall pick. Obviously, it matters in terms of the broader scheme, but for him to just show up and start. Balling out against a very, very, very respectable defense. Well, excuse, scratch that too. More context. Trey's the vast ninety nine point nine percent of Trey's reps have come against what'll mostly be the second team defense. So, but again, for him to just the the, the impressiveness is still there. For him to just show up and after having not played football in a, in a, in a long time and and ball out against an NFL defense that even if it is the second team is going to be respectable. It's going to be decent. I could, I'd be willing to bet if the 49ers, you could throw some second teamers out there and the 49ers defense would still be quite a bit better than, than what a lot of these NFL teams have to offer. So it's impressive, man. And, and, and I'm not trying to hype it up. I'm not trying to pump Trey Lance up. I just feel like given what he's done and what he's been through, and yeah, the 49ers took him third overall, but everybody knew that was a risk. And so it's it's been cool, at least so far, to watch him come in. And at the very least, if you want to just boil it down a little more, to look competent. And yeah. you know what I mean? If if that if that rings a little bit more true, it's just he just he looks like he belongs. And 
if this is what we're getting now, and you can only, it's only safe to assume that he's going to steadily get better because it's typically what happens. But um, why don't you compare? I know I mentioned this before we started recording. Why don't you give us your comparison, and you can be short with it, between the two quarterbacks and what you've seen from them and kind of what they have to offer right now. I mean, I'm not even going to be specific. You just you say sure. what you need to say. I think with Jimmy, you're still getting Jimmy, and you're getting a guy who does know where to go with the football. You're getting a guy who does get rid of the ball quick. You're getting a guy who allows his playmakers to make a play. I think there are times where he's stretching the ball more than he has, and, and maybe that is because of the other quarterback on the roster. I do see him standing in the pocket, and I think that really matters. You can tell that Grappolo is healthy. You can tell that he's comfortable moving around and rolling out on the bootlegs that they, they are calling for him. And, you know, he, the deep ball still does leave some to be, you know, a little something to be desired because he's leaving some of these passes short. Um, there was, they were an empty today and he had Mostert as a number two receiver. And essentially he was one-on-one with a linebacker. I forget who it was uh, off the top of my head now, but it had Mostert and linebacker one-on-one running a seam route. And Jimmy leaves the ball short and inside. When we talk about Raheem Mostert quite a bit on this podcast, you know, probably more than anybody that he is very fast (laughs) in that case. Just throw it out there, man. Let him run under it and let him make a play. Give him an opportunity. So um, that's still an issue as are underneath defenders. But for as much hype as Trey Lance is getting, like I, I, I don't think Jimmy's playing poorly at all. I think um, he's fine and borderline good, but fine to good is not good enough for who's breathing down his neck, I think, is the best way to put it because – you're, the biggest difference that I that I'm seeing between the two is, um, let's say they call it, they're they're running the same plays. If Jimmy, if they were to run a play, Jimmy's going to take the quick out, the quick flat route, whereas Lance is going to hold the ball for a second longer, and he's going to take that corner route. He's going to take the the route that's sitting over the middle, 15 yards down the field, or whatever. Or may, shoot, maybe he hangs on and gives a deep pass an opportunity to make a play. So I think. That is where the biggest difference is, and and that's stretching the field horizontally and vertically, is is going to be a problem when Lance is on the field, and, and that just it makes it puts so much stress on the defense, it puts so much pressure on them to defend every part of the field, and that matters. So, um, I, I would like Jimmy to be more aggressive down the field and outside the numbers, but he's cooking when it comes to over the middle of the field, I think, and, and they ha- he has a pre- really good rapport with. Uh, Ross Dwelly, who is apparently the best tight end in the NFL based on these practices. Yeah, he got some gas today. Uh, yeah, he looks really good, man. And even Warner said he's yeah. one of the best players on the roster, which is if you hear that, you're like, whoa, man, let's slow your roll here. But um, if you didn't know any better and you were watching these practices, you would think number 82 is like one of the best players on the team because he's constantly being targeted. And uh, he, he makes some tough throws. So I like that Jimmy gives uh, Dwelly an opportunity over the middle. And I do like I, I mentioned the matchups earlier. I, I really do like how, you know, if there's a three by one or a two by one and you have Ayuk going against somebody who does not look like they should be a cornerback, he's going to give him a chance and Ayuk wins that matchup. And I feel like that is what makes Tom Brady so good, just um, always taking advantage of the right matchup. So uh, that's how I would describe Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think Lance needs to I mean, obviously, he has to play more. Um He's getting more and more confident. I think you can you can tell pretty quickly just the difference in arm talent, um, just as far as being able to, whether it's when one throws the ball off their back foot and the other throws the ball off their back foot, uh, one, you would not be able to tell he threw the ball off his back foot, and the other is going to one-hop. So I think that's the best way to describe their arm strength because it's not always just throwing the ball 70 yards, 50 yards in the air, whatever it may be. Um, throwing the ball on a line with precision and, you know, velocity. That's what I think of arm strength. And Lance has all of it. Like, seriously, he can really sling it. And that matters. And that helps with what plays you can call. And um, that's before we get into the different types of running plays that Kyle Shannon can, you know, call for Lance. And that really matters. So um, Lance, he's going to be good. There's no doubt about it. And 
I think is it a surprise to some that he is as good right away? Probably. And I think that's what's leading to some of the hype is because they're like, oh, wow, this kid is really good. And he probably is going to be able to start at some point this season where uh, I'm not sure that that was always the case for a lot of people um, who just didn't, you know, watch him much in college. And that's fair. Like who who is out here watching North Dakota State? So uh, but I do think he has to become more consistent. I do think he has to. Um, I mean, it, everything that's wrong with Lance, it just comes down to him just getting more reps and playing more. Uh, there's going to be times where he misses a receiver. I think that's been the biggest one where, um, let's say on a, on a bootleg, I remember a play where Richie James coming across the middle of the field. His eyes never get back to the middle of the field, and he doesn't see James. Or um, there was one where they run a follow concept where Ross Dwelly runs just a one-step slant. George Kittle runs a follow route, so he's going to take his route a little further, and he's going to follow behind Dwelly. Lance is locked on to Kittle. Both defenders go with Kittle because, duh, and <laughs> Dwelly is open underneath for a, like a touchdown where you could honestly underhand the ball to him, underhand throw the ball to Dwelly and get an easy touchdown. Lance tries to make it a little more difficult, uh, tries to thread the needle, and the ball is incomplete. Because he has such a good arm, he can make the throw competitive, but you don't have to do that. I think that's something that he's going to have to learn where um, everything doesn't have to be based on your skill set, man. You can take the easy throw, um, take what the defense gives you. So once he figures out that part, yeah, we, we're talking about a special kid. Yeah. Now, one of the things that Kyle Shanahan said today when he was asked why or when Trey Lance would possibly get consideration over Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Kyle Shanahan's answer was plain and simple. He said, when, when Trey Lance gives us the best chance to win. And do you see, do you think that could happen during training camp? That is interesting because what is he waiting to see is the real question. And I'm not going to say that Trey Lance should start now. I don't think that's fair to say after one padded practice, Um, we're going to have to see him when he actually gets hit. Like when somebody can touch him, when, you know, he's not seeing the same defense every day. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like training camp is still just a bit early, but I do think we'll get to a point where, you know, we're not going to make a big deal out of Trey Lance taking one start, what one rep with the starters. And that's going to be, that's literally norm. one rep folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One <laughs> singular. Um, <laughs> but I think there's a good chance that once they start playing preseason games, he's going to probably make some plays and you're going to have no choice, but to start giving him reps with the ones. But I don't, I don't know that he's going to overtake Jimmy Garoppolo. So it just before this started, it would have been an issue if he was better than Trey Lance. Or sorry, if he was better than Jimmy G out of the gate. And we're, it's it's going to be all about progression, and we're we're seeing that early. So we're getting there maybe sooner than we expected. But I still feel like it's just a little premature to to say that oh he's going to be the starter by uh, week two of the preseason. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Right. Yeah. And, and preseason will be interesting. And to me... That's when some serious ground can be gained when it comes to Trey Lance. Because outside of some some pretty ridiculous throws, maybe, there's really nothing Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do in preseason that impresses or surprises anybody. Because he's kind of done it all. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo make some great throws, amazing throws, ridiculous throws, horrible throws, and, and anything in between. Whereas we haven't seen, and when I say we, I mean kind of the general public and the rest of the NFL, really seen what Trey Lance can do against an NFL team. Now, could it be bad? Of course it could be. It could be anything. But if Trey Lance goes out there and just absolutely absolutely obliterates whatever team he's playing against, then that's all you're going to hear about, period, is how the hell could the 49ers not start this guy week one? And Kyle Shanahan's not going to give a shit because it's his decision and it's not anybody else's. But – um. I think I think that's when you'll really start to see the pendulum swings. And again, does it matter? Is is that type of talk matter? I don't know. I don't know. I think Kyle would probably say it doesn't, and it might actually it might. But that's when it gets interesting to me is when when it's against another team. So it, it is preseason. I know that, but I don't really care. It's still another defense that you haven't practiced against in front of fans in an NFL stadium. It's the closest thing you're going to get before the season to the regular season. So Trey Lance goes out there in preseason and just lights it up. Then the conversation is going to be interesting. It'll be interesting. Like like what happens if he breaks off? And again, it's going to be against backups, which does matter. But at the same time, he's going to be faster than whoever he's going against. So does it not matter? Um, but if he's making it where he's just making plays, where you see um, Lance going for 15, 10 when he gets his carries and where he's stretching the field, uh, what do you do? Like, what, how how do you not? Because he's going to be bombarded with questions. So uh, how do you how do you keep him off the field? So yeah, it'll be fun to see how this all unfolds. And man, there's going to be a lot of pressure on both Lance and Jimmy to perform. So it's it's not all on Jimmy because Trey's going to have to do this in the, when the pads come on too, or when the pads come on, when, it, when it's against somebody else. That's what I mean. It's almost like if, if training camp can make the difference, whether Trey Lance ends up starting or not, then to me, so can preseason. And Kyle Shanahan's smart enough to be able to look at whatever he does in preseason against whatever defense he's going up against, and and he'll know what he's seeing. So while it does get discounted a little bit that it's not against a genuine NFL starting defense that's game planned for a week against him, at the same time, it's still it still counts for something. So it, it'll be – yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll just say that. For I'm sure. looking forward to it. Are we already like – When's the Hall of Fame game? Or um, what, what do they call that? It's is like that next week, right? Is that really that close? Maybe it's here. Maybe it's because like because somebody I thought I saw a thing that said that, that last oh, Sunday cow. was our. Is it this weekend? Yeah, it's the. It's no, it's Thursday. So it's the Steelers play the Cowboys 
pretty much 48 hours from now. Really? We're already there. What is going on? <laughs> right. What the hell? What happened? Yeah, because I saw on, on social media one of the, you know, and I, and I am not complaining because I absolutely love the last Sunday without football until February shit. I love it. It's a great thing to think about. But I thought I saw one of those last week saying that last Sunday was the last Sunday without football until February. And I was like, man, that seems a week early. And then I like went to bed and didn't really like feel like digested. And and then I just thought of that right now. I was like, dude, is the the Hall of Fame? Yeah, Thursday, August fifth. Holy shit! All right, hey, we're fine. we're 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 getting our act together live on Striking Gold. So it's here. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. I mean, obviously, are we expecting amazing football? No, but who cares? There's football on. You could turn it up real loud and hear announcers and and pads and 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 whistles and stuff. So uh, that's what it's all about. Um. And again, I think one thing before we move on from from Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, the the prime indicator that you guys are all looking for when it comes to is Trey Lance gaining on Jimmy Garoppolo. It's two things. Is Jimmy is Trey Lance playing with the first team and how many reps is he getting with the first team? Like we said earlier, he got one and it was near the goal line in a very specific play that was part of like their installation period, which they're still doing. I think they have one more day of it. And it was a, a pack, basically a, a, a play designed for Trey. And so the four, the Kyle Shanahan wanted Trey Lance to take that rep with Alex Mack and the offensive line just for them to become familiar with it. Um, so that was his one play. But if you're, if you're, if you're really just wondering what, you know, how well Trey is doing in this competition reps with the first team and how many, that's it. If, if Trey Lance, You'll start to see it, and and the the uh, the reporters on the sideline in training camp were some of the best in the business, KP included. They're going to talk about it. They'll let you know how many first team reps uh, Trey Lance gets, and once those numbers start to become anywhere near even, you know it's real. Yeah, and because that's it, it has to happen like that. Like, sure, you could think, oh well, what if Kyle Shanahan wants to hide the fact that he's thinking about starting Trey Lance, so he's giving him less reps. That doesn't matter because he drafted number three overall and he's going to start right. And it would be irresponsible for Kyle Shanahan to feel that way in his gut, in his mind, in his heart, and then not give Trey Lance the reps with his first team because it's all about familiarity. It's all about comfort in the system. It's all about building that rapport with his teammates. You can't just not give him the reps because you want to hide it. It just has to happen. So just keep an eye on that. That'll be what you're looking for. Um, and before, I guess before we leave the offense, you said uh, Jalen Hurd actually got on the field during 11s today, right? The man, the myth, the legend. He could be the best. Everyone when he snuck in there into team drills. Yeah, man, that was cool to see. He didn't. He wasn't targeted, and he was on the backside of the formation. And I asked Kyle Shannon, you know, hey, what the, what's going on with Hurd? Where did he come from? And he said he was on the backside, and we're kind of slow rolling him in. Um, just to see, you know, get him some contact, see how he does with the blocking. And uh, I think that is a good sign because there ha- there were no setbacks. And, you know, we mentioned he didn't practice Friday, he didn't practice on Saturday. So, hey, what's going on here, man? Um, but the fact that he was with the team, the fact that, you know, he was doing – so they didn't do one-on-ones. I hope they do one-on-ones tomorrow because I want to see him just maul somebody. I know, I know uh, that's what he can do. But I also want to see him, you know, team drills when he gets tackled, when he has to fight through a catch, you know, if he's all the way there, if he's all the way back. So the legend of Jalen Hurd starts to grow now. <laughs> I'm excited. But it could be one of two things. Either Jalen Hurd is is still rehabbing. He's still whether he'll say it or not, ailing, and he's kind of just working through it as he builds himself back up to 100%. Or he has played so little football over the past two years that he was able to get through his ACL injury no problem and is just ready to roll, you know, because his ACL injury was almost a year, basically a year ago during the last training camp. So in a year and nowadays is, is plenty of time. NFL players have come back during the season you know, if if they are injured it during early training camp, and, and we've even seen guys come back towards the end of a season like crazy. That's a little wild, but there is a chance that, that Jalen Hurd is easing his way back in, but he's completely good to go. He's completely healthy. 
they're just not going to do it right away. So we'll see. I mean, usually if there's still problems from an ACL, you hear a lot about soreness. Uh, you hear a lot about swelling because uh, that muscle's just ready, not ready to work yet. Right. And if, if you're not hearing about that with Jalen Hurd and they're kind of just taking it slow, that's a good thing. He could be 100% ready to roll and they're just kind of slowly getting him in there. Um, but you never know, especially with a guy who's had injury luck like that. But again, just to remind you guys, it was the, the injuries for Jalen Hurd have been have been weird. He he didn't suffer a lot of injuries in college. He was a really really physical player. Um, contact and whatever has, has has not been anything new to him. So I mean, in a way, it kind of just seems like shitty luck. But you, we've seen what that can do. I mean, Jason Verrett, one of the shittiest injury lucks we've ever seen from a player. Yeah. Now he's just just now. How many years later in his career, starting to turn the corner? It seems you know so. Uh, I mean, Trent Trent Taylor, a, a phenomenal college career, uh, came into his first year as a rookie, looked outstanding, like, holy shit, this guy's going to be good. And then injuries just completely derailed his career. And you, it's heartbreaking, but it's the reality of things. It is what it is. So we don't really know where Jalen Hurd falls and all that, but we're about to find out, I assume. Yeah, and he looked good. So he, he didn't look like he added any weight. You know, you can – Obviously, when you're injured, sometimes you sit around and put on some pounds. Um, he looked to be moving well, and that's all you can really ask for. No setbacks, and just to slow roll it is what I have no problem. Take your time. Uh, don't let him practice at all until the regular season. You know, Keep him under wraps. Who cares? Just as long as you preserve that type of talent you know, for when it matters. But speaking of, so speaking of, you said soreness. Debo Samuel didn't practice on Tuesday. Oh, Trent yeah. Sherfield did. And it was interesting to see him take Debo's spot with the first team and not anybody else. And um, what I was thinking, uh, just the easiest way for me to describe what Trent Sherfield is, um, think Richie James and the hype that, you know, circles him. That's who a lot of fans want uh, Richie James to be. So Trent Sherfield is much stronger with the ball. Like he doesn't have those, you know, careless drops, but he also is able to fight. He's not a small guy either. No, he's not. He's... So I didn't know that. He said after practice that he was 210 pounds, and he looks it. Like, he looks like a solid dude. And he is very fast, so he can definitely run. And you saw that in with Which, yeah, that's that's kind of wild. I mean, you got to wonder why he, he never got traction with the Cardinals. That said, the Cardinals have a pretty entrenched and deep group of receivers. Right. They just but, I mean, he's 6'1", 210 pounds. He's fast. Sounds like he's catching the ball consistently. Sounds like he's getting open. Um, you he know, has he had free agent, and they just didn't um, offer him. And he didn't get much burn either. Like fifty nope. yards last year, eighty the year before, two hundred ten the year before that. Um, does has he taken any reps against uh, Jason Verrett? So real quick, he's twenty five, and that is really important. So he turned twenty five in February. He's a young dude. Um, and the coaching staff, like they were raving about him. Um, I don't think he got any targets against Verrett. Uh, usually that's reserved. Like, I, I don't know if Verrett's following Ayuk or not, but um, a lot of the targets seem to be involved with those two, which great on great. You're not going to argue with that. But No, not at all. Uh, Sherfield, he's beating whoever he's going against, whether that's um, Ambry Thomas, whether that's Diamondor Lenore, whether that's uh, Ken Webster, because those are the cornerbacks who are opposite of Jason Verrett, and we will get to that later, but uh, perhaps <laughs> that's why Sherfield is shining. Um, but, no, he looks confident, man. He looks fast, and he looks like somebody you can rely on, which is which is what matters. And I don't think you could say the same for a guy like Trent Taylor. I don't think you can say the same for a guy like Richie James. I don't know if you know he's going to be that Kendrick-born guy because you do have Muhammad Sanu, but I feel like they view Sanu as more of like a big power slot kind of guy, and you can Sherfield can win on the outside. So, um, yeah, he, he's a guy who can stretch the field vertically, and he can win underneath, and I think that matters too because they have a bunch of timing routes where whether it's a stop route, whether it's an out route, uh, Sherfield's going to be there. You know where he's going to be. You know he's going to come through for you, and I think that's what matters. So I, I think he surpassed Richie James on the depth chart, and that was sounds like he's getting more first team reps. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how much of that was just due to Debo being out, but he's caught passes from Jimmy and Trey all camp. So um, it's not as if this was like a one day wonder. But um, that's what you want. You want guys to take advantage of their opportunities. And Sherfield did that. He's probably going to make the team no matter what, just because of 
you know, just his, he's a special teams demon and Richard, uh, Richard Hightower, the 49ers special teams coordinator, apparently, you know, stood on the table, quote unquote, uh, for him. But now it was, it was just good to see uh, somebody else step up, you know, as a receiver, because we know Brian Ayuk is a man and we know he's, he's tough to guard, but um, it, it, it had really hasn't been anybody else consistently step up, but um yeah, Sherfield, he he was really he was a really good interview after practice too. And uh he was talking about how the coaches were saying he's the first guy in, you know, he's that guy, five thirty in the morning. He said his days are five thirty in the morning, leaves at eight thirty at night. That seems terrible. <laughs> does he have a family? <laughs> he does. And he said, um, shout out to my wife who right. you know understands that when I get home. I have to go straight to bed. Behind so, every great man, there's an even greater woman. <laughs> right, man. right. Um, so, yeah, they kind of just up and left here. He said he was talking about how uh, he chose the 49ers because he knew the opportunity. He knew what kind of organization this was. He said he got on the phone with John Lynch, and as soon as Arizona didn't retain him, uh, he flew out to Santa Clara in the Bay Area the next day. So I was like, like, man, oh. I've been watching this team kick our ass. <laughs> right, right. Been waiting on y'all to hit me and up. They, and they've been all hurt up. So I'm going to go over there now that they've got two good quarterbacks. So, yeah, that that could be – it could just be one of those interesting things, man, because I'm, I'm literally – as you've been talking about Trent Sherfield, I've been watching his college highlights because uh, – I mean, and again, I said highlights. I'm not looking for an in-depth analysis here. I just want to see what the dude has done. And the fact that he's as fast as he is while still being as big as he is, is, is interesting. And uh, I mean, how does he catch the, even perhaps more importantly, at least for me, how does he catch the football? Like even in, in warmups, does he, does he have good hands? Yeah. You, you, he looks comfortable catching the ball away from his body. And I think that's the best way to put it. So um, he also has, and you know what I'm talking about? Like that, of that course. one of the best characteristics of a receiver is when they will catch the ball as soon as they could possibly touch it. Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. Like if you have your arms extended, if you have your elbows in tight, that means you know how to catch the football. You have the proper technique and it seems like he has that. So uh, he just, he seems reliable. And I say that I remember Jimmy G said he's been very reliable for us. So um when your quarterback says that about you, um, I think we're I think we're talking about a guy who's going. He's to the make dude that's going to have like eight catches in the preseason, like per game. Like, ooh, he ooh. might be the guy. He, ooh, that's a good one. He might be the guy that blows up. He might be the uh, the Corey Sheets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So I mean, that's cool, man. I mean, I just literally just watched a play right now where he caught a crosser and it took the DB uh, I don't know fifty yards to catch him. So like. He's got some good speed for a guy his size, and it's it's just interesting to to see. You never want to get too excited about guys who obviously weren't important to another organization, but at the same time, you don't necessarily want to just say a dude can't have finally gotten his opportunity to shine either. So one's man, uh, one man's trash. I know, you know, and, uh, and and the thing is too is we'll see. I, I don't even remember is was he signed to a one year deal? I can't, mm. I can't. Remember. I know he got. Um, a lot of guarantee. Well, a practice squad contract. I shouldn't say a lot of guaranteed money. He got two hundred thousand dollars guaranteed. So you would think he's making the roster on that alone. But yeah, it's it's a one year deal. Yeah, but, yeah, you're I right. I mean, right. the way that they were talking about him, you they had like the utmost respect, both Shanahan and Hightower. Um, Sherfield talked about how he has a special teams mentality, where like he just wants to block. Um, so he loves that part of or that aspect. He has that type of mentality, I guess I should say. And he said he's never been a part of this type of offense. So um, he's definitely looking to show out. I don't know. I don't know. Based on just his interview, he, he seems like a guy who's very easy to root for. Yeah, that's exciting, man. Uh, again, again, I'm always rooting for an underdog and for him to step in there and, and have already carved out a pretty solid role. Um is he, would you say his role is bigger than Muhammad Sanu's right now or right around that same area? Yeah, they're going to be, you know, wide receiver three no matter um, – for, for a different game, I would say. So maybe it's Sanu for the Lions, but it could be Sherfield for the Eagles, and then it could be Hurd for the next right, game. So right. he's putting his name in the hat, and he took advantage, and I think that's all you can really ask for the first day of pass. I don't want to say – I don't want to crown him and make it seem like he's going to lead crown. the in receptions. Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, he looks intriguing. It'll be cool to look at. And he's not, you know, the thing is, too, he's not an undrafted free agent rookie that's just like 
really fighting an uphill battle. And we've seen that become successful before, but he's a guy with some experience that could carve out a pretty significant opportunity for him. If he can fight past the absolute maniac, that is Jalen Hurd, the the man destined for at least a thousand this year. So (laughs) why put a ceiling on it? You know? Um, So I guess the last thing we should talk about, or let's, let's hit some defensive points since we've been basically talking offense this whole time. 49ers uh, signed veteran corner B.W. Webb today, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals, New York Giants, uh, New Orleans, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Dallas. He's He's been around. Uh, but his last couple years, whether it was with the Giants, actually with, with New Orleans before that, um, he's been playing quite a bit of games. And you know, seven, 11 pass breakups in 2016, six and 18, seven and 19. I don't even know if he's going to make the roster, but at least, you know, they're bringing in somebody that can compete. I guess it's probably the best way to say it. But right now you've got Emmanuel Mosley, who was kind of penciled in to be the starter opposite Jason Verrett. He's been on the COVID list uh, since basically since training camp started. You got Dante Johnson. He's day to day with a foot. And then Tim Harris, something like a groin strain. He should be out. It sounds like a, a couple weeks at least. So kind of what we were talking about the point before all this got started, the 49ers are kind of in a rough spot when it comes to corner. And if this is happening in training camp, you can probably bet it's going to happen during the season. So uh, again, just another spotlight on, on their really walking that tightrope when it comes to corners. And, you know, if you got into an emergency situation, could you, put Jimmy Ward out there and then kind of then put Tart at free. Yeah. You could make some adjustments and not be vulnerable, but it doesn't look, doesn't look great. I mean, what else do you have to say about corners, bro? They are probably in trouble. Um, So Emmanuel Mosley, he hasn't practiced with the team. It's been a week, but he's on the reserve COVID list. He could solve a lot of problems if he plays, but he has not. And when he doesn't, that means Dante Johnson is up next. Dante Johnson isn't playing right now. He is day-to-day. Tim Harris, next up, he has a groin injury. He's going to be out for a few weeks. When that happens, you have two rookies, two day-three rookies, by the way, and Ken Webster, who's been a practice squad player his entire life, and then Mark Fields, who does not look like he should be on an NFL roster. So that's how we get to 31-year-old B.W. Webb, who is a free agent uh, as of August. And whenever a guy is available in August, he is probably available for a reason. So I think that he's probably B.W. Uh, Webb. Uh, he's probably just a guy to, you know, not get the legs of these guys tired because, <laughs> right. um, I mean, they're having to split a lot of reps. So it's Fields and uh, the other guys that I mentioned. So, wet, uh, sorry, Fields, Verrett, Thomas, Lenore, and who am I missing? Oh, I mean, I don't have the roster sitting in front of me, although Um, I usually do. But there's like five guys going with three teams. So, yeah, like in in, if there were a game tomorrow, I'd imagine we'd see number one and number two at cornerbacks and, you know, Tavon Wilson or whoever else at safety. But you don't want who's out there right now playing. And that would be terrifying to face an NFC West team. Because remember what we saw with uh, Mosley week one last week or last year. And, um, man, I just I just don't see this ending well. It, it could backfire on them. But, again, you know, they, they came into this season knowing that this was the case, and they came into this season betting on Mosley and Brett to stay healthy and play at just a competent to above-average level. And I think it, it's going to come down to will this matter if D Ford looks like D Ford, if Nick Bosa looks like Nick Bosa, and you have Javon Kinlaw who – is looking incredible, by the way. Like, and I'm not one to be on the hype train, the hyperbole train, but Kinlaw just looks healthier. Or I don't know, healthier is not the right word. He just looks more mobile. He looks like he has more range. Uh, he's, I would say, a bit quicker. Um, he had one arm over move where he made Lakin Thompson look pretty silly today. Um, he has just incredible power. Uh, he's going to be really, really good. So they're going to have four good players on their defensive line, and that's before you get into the backups. So if they can just dominate and steamroll guys like they have been in practice because 
the offense and that's part of the reason why the Trey Lance touchdown throw was so impressive and you know so shocking because the defensive line has just been dominating to a point where honestly uh, you'd be surprised if the offense were to cross the 50 yard line right yeah it's I mean, you mentioned it really quick there. Uh, what have you? What his? What has D Ford just kind of looked like? He's D Ford, and and all the stuff from the past is at least for now in the past. He's just been out there doing his damn thing. Uh, so yeah, Shannon said D Ford reminds me of the D Ford that I know, and it's true. And he looks like a guy who is just fresh, who didn't play football last year, who um, has been just chomping at the bit to be able to get out there, and you can tell. He's like he has the quickness. He has that first step. He beat McGlinchey for a sack. Uh, he had a couple other times where he was in the backfield. It got to the point where Shannon said after practice, where uh, Ford was just after he would beat somebody, he would run over to him and kind of you know give him a stare, just talk shit. So Ford's feeling himself, and that is a great thing for the 49ers. Yeah, he talk was, shit to the person he beat or to Shanahan. To Shanahan, <laughs> which awesome. is so much better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's way better. <laughs> Um, but no, that's what you want. Like you want to, you, we know how good D for you. Like we know he's a star. And if, if the 49ers can uh, get this version that we're seeing of D Ford and for him to stay healthy, that would be a uh, big time, man, because yeah, he looks really good. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember saying that Jalen Hurd to me was like the biggest X factor, like could have a huge role, could have absolutely no role. And yeah, I wouldn't, give D Ford the same, I mean, I guess I could give him the same descriptor, but if D Ford shows up and is able to have, you know, a serious impact for this defense, that is a huge deal. Like that is a big deal that kind of, at least for me, didn't really, I didn't really expect to be taking that in consideration. You know, I, I, I just kind of figured the way things have gone, it sounded like he was at the end of his rope, you know, when it comes to his career and was getting ready to call it quits and, a back injury is no joke. So that's just kind of where my head was at. But now it just sounds like, at least for now, the dude is is ready to roll. And that's kind of a scary prospect. It really is. And he just makes everybody better. And I remember in 2019, like all the guys, I, I went around and asked every defensive lineman, like, who is the leader? Like, who is in charge here? Bosa, Defoe, Armstead. Uh, DJ Jones, they're all saying it's D Force. So, like they respect him, and I and we mentioned how Kinlaw um, before, like when he's when he was not pla- practicing with the team, uh, he would be off to the side just soaking up knowledge from both Bosa and Ford. So uh, he's that type of leader, and they know it. Like they know he's the guy to go to. So uh, the increased workload was good to see, and he handled it well. So I mean that. He looks healthy. I mean, he did not play last year. Maybe that was a blessing in disguise for Ford's, you know, for Ford to stay healthy this year, but um, just really good player. Right. Yeah, that's that's exciting. That's exciting. Um, Jason Brett looked all right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say all right is uh, selling him short a little bit because there was a little as, tongue in cheek there. As Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, as you know, if he has the, the rest of the bunch at cornerback looks, Verrett is just the real deal, man. Um, he should have had a pick on Monday had Ayuk not all but pushed him out of the way uh, for it because it was an OPI. <laughs> um, Jimmy tried him. Jimmy tried Ayuk uh, deep today on a pass, and Verrett's just in his hip pocket, man. There are guys who can run with Ayuk um, on this team, and I would say there are about two of them and maybe even one. Because Mosley did it last year, but uh, Brett is like the only guy who can keep stride with him down the field. But at the same, with that in mind, knowing that he can run, these guys give him cushion underneath. But Brett is just—he breaks up passes underneath against Ayuk. Um, it it would be surprising if a practice went by and Brett didn't get his hands on a pass. Like he's that impressive. Uh, just really good feet. Just um, I, and I don't know how much of it is going against the same guys every day. But look, we're, we're talking about Debo Samuel and Brent Ayuk. So it's not like he's going against scrubs. It isn't, he's not getting a break. Yeah, at all. Um, so it, it's really fun to watch those two guys go head-to-head. And, you know, Iron Sharpman's Iron is the new uh, all-gas, no-breaks. But uh, that's what we're seeing out of Verrett. So um, he's going to be the guy. I asked Domingo Ryans, you know, if we're going to see Verrett travel based on the cornerback depth. And he said – he said, I wouldn't rule it out, but it's not going to be something that 
you know, they do every game, but it's definitely like, something that they've talked about. I like what Vilicic does on a lot of occasions where he takes his best, I don't know, he's his best corner, Stephen Gilmore. Gilmore, yeah. Yeah, and he, he puts them, that person, on the second best receiver. And Just rolls his defense the other way. And yeah, and then brackets the other one, and you're like, man, I like that because you you, you know the you're you're essentially taking a win on one side where your best corner is against their second best receiver, or at least you're expecting to on most occasions, and then you've got the uh, the chips, you know, pushed towards the other other side of the field. So it's just an interesting approach to it. I thought it most people would 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 fare the other way. Let's put our best guy on their best guy, and then, right. you know that's it's just a smart way to do it, but. Um, last thing I, I think, that, and we've already kind of, you've already kind of alluded to this here and there, but Nick Bosa is not on the field yet. No setbacks, no problems. Uh, just hasn't started. Excuse me. I need to pump the brakes a little bit. He's on the field for individual drills. Did he do one-on-ones? No, they're not. So, okay. He was in there for one rep during one-on-ones. And Kyle Shanahan walked over, and he was no longer in the rep for one on ones. I wonder why. <laughs> so he probably uh, went in there, and he wasn't supposed to. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. <laughs> and Kyle's like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey! I see you. I know what number you are." And Chris Cosier, you know, he's probably like, "Oh shit! I don't care. Do what you want to do." Um, right. But yeah, it was it was funny that Shanahan was there for the rest of the drill, and surprise, surprise, there was no longer uh, Nick Bosa participating. But um, he's an action figure, man. He, uh, he is, bro. He is. I, I think he's 255. Um, whatever he lost, I don't know where that weight went, uh, but it turned into muscle. And, yeah, he's – this version of Nick Bosa is probably going to be the best version we've ever seen of Nick Bosa. And if you've watched his rookie year, he was not bad at football. So no, <laughs> that is bad. a compliment. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm hoping the dude – I mean, I was really impressed, obviously, his rookie season – uh, and, and also impressed knowing that he kind of had, was coming off of an injury. He'd had a, an injury in the past, played his entire rookie year, dominated, you know, got himself on the map in a big way. And then he, you know, he tore his ACL. Would that have happened during the season anyways? I don't know. I, I don't know what that – but he did it on a field that was fucking horrible. And, you know, Solomon Thomas tore his ACL three plays later. High ankle sprains that, you know – and. It was just unfortunate, dude, because it's it almost feels like illegitimate, like illegitimate ACL tear. Like right. we've seen them happen before; they're gonna happen. It happens all the time. Thankfully, it's not a career ender anymore. But it just felt like bullshit on that field, especially during the middle of the day when it was hot. If you know anything about turf fields, you know you can't with grass. You can plant your cleat and twist and just tear up the grass. Well, you can't do that on a turf field. Uh, you can kind of slide your f- cleats through it. At a certain depth, but the moment you plant your weight, it's stuck. Your foot is there. Right. And, and you know, again, it, it obviously can't be that dangerous. Otherwise, we would see an insane amount of injuries. But at the same time, that doesn't make it safe. And I think it was Shanahan that said that those fields, there's like 30% more injuries, lower body injuries on those fields. Which unreal. Which is a big number. You know, that's that's a lot of injuries. So. Anyways, that's that's not a tangent I need to be going on right now, but it's good to see him back healthy. Kyle Shanahan was very uh, assertive when he said that he's never seen anybody work harder than Nick Bosa, so he just had zero zero reservations about whether or not he would get back to 100% and back to being the football player we know he is. So um, I'm looking forward to him getting out there. I don't know when they're going to do that, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I would not really be. Good. I just would not be one of the guy in charge. Want to be the guy in charge of that decision? Well, and the, he was even talking about Javon Kinlaw. He said he was joking about Javon Kinlaw just not telling him, but taking it out on the training staff for not for not being able to play. So, uh, yeah. So you have just like a, a wealth of talent, just an embarrassment of riches when it comes to uh, talent at on, along the defensive line. So. Uh, that I imagine is going to take um, a lot of pressure off of whoever is starting opposite of Jason Barrett. Right. Yeah. And, and as, as dicey as I think it's going to get at corner, if all of these edge rushers are healthy, it may not matter. And, and, and again, it's not to say you can't, it, you can't fall victim to it and defense or offenses won't be able to take advantage of it. If they've got 
you know, a substandard corner out there. But if D Ford's healthy, Samson Ebicam's healthy, Nick Bosa's healthy, Eric Armstead's healthy, whoever else you want to throw into that mix, good luck. Uh, it may not, it may not be as big of a deal as we think it is. But anyways, man, you got any uh, anything else you want to hit us with? No, man, that'll do it. I'm I'm hoping you know the that you know the rest of the week with pads coming on we can get a better a better feel for what's going on in the trenches boss on the offensive and defensive side well they have two more practices right tomorrow and the next day and then uh so wednesday day off and then friday and then saturday they're going inside a levi stadium okay so white clark day tomorrow's the day off um thursday okay i don't know what's going on (laughs) <laughs> I, need to, I need to just look at the schedule that they email me. Only, yeah, right. Yeah, if only, if only there was something for you. Shout out to the 49ers media, media department. I appreciate you. Thank you for, uh, you know, continuing to support me on my quest. But I, I'm sorry that I don't have that. Point. He still doesn't read them. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, all right. Well, hey, that was, I mean, that was a solid talk. That's a lot of information. And we really just kept it current with, with what was going on and where it's at. So hopefully we will be uh, – We'll be hearing more soon. Uh, the pads are on. Things are getting getting different. Things are getting more competitive. And we we all look forward to the next installment of the Trey Lance saga. Because no matter what we say, that's really all this is. Yep. Um, KP and I will be on here a little later this week to recap what has happened since then. Until then, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Thank you for supporting us, making this what it is. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. You got KP underscore show, Rob underscore louder. Make sure you are downloading all the episodes, rating them, doing all that great supportive things you guys can do on on the interwebs. Uh, But hey, for another episode, that's KP. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold, and we are signing out.